episode 33 of Noodle Time. Welcome back. Here with me is the gentleman on bye week, uh, Eric OSG. What's up, Andreas, man? Yeah, bye week, a little different this time. But, you know, it's like uh, I, I watched a lot of MLS. I watched a couple EPL games yesterday. I watched an EPL right now. I watched a, a game this morning. Of course, I followed Arsenal a little bit just because I'm Man City. Just want to see what's going on. So it was a little weird that I got to watch a lot of a lot of MLS because when, when the Dino were on a game day, I'm busy. There's a lot going on. You don't get to focus on the other MLS games. So I, I, I kind of enjoyed the bye yesterday. Just sat back and just watched a lot of freaking games. And and as I speak, Newcastle just scored on Wolverhampton. And then I got to watch the Longhorn basketball yesterday beat Kansas in the Big 12 championship game. So, the, you know, just that, that was fun, man. But not as fun because I was jealous that you got to go to Houston to the fire sale. You got to see the dash scrimmage. So, I'm done talking. I want to hear about what happened with you yesterday, man. How was that? It looked fun. Oh man, like I was excited mostly just because it was the first fire sale in in almost two years. Because last year wasn't done because of inventory issues and stuff that has to do with the pandemic. But um, overall, like I, I was a pretty pretty happy of, of for the event and also this, just seeing the stadium completed with a with a stance and. The, like, although I wouldn't say completed only because they're still working on a couple other things in the stadium. But other than that, I was able to see the seats. I did share a picture on Twitter and the stadium looks so much different uh, to what it used to be. So and a couple and a, yeah. a couple questions for you while you're talking about the stadium. I got I got a couple questions. One of the seats and then one's the supporter section. So seats, you got to sit in it. You like them. They're comfortable, right? Yes, they're a, a significant upgrade to what they used to be. Yep. And then, how's it look in person? The way the color scheme is, the color scheme—it's definitely, it definitely adds to uh, the the stadium atmosphere. And I felt I felt like just having um, a, a lot of Dynamo fans, like over time, have been asking for like that kind of design that obviously has like either the team name or the city, the the city's name, like on the stands, because like it just like for me, it looked like kind of like an empty canvas, just seeing like all the orange seats, right pretty much just dominating the stance and i felt like that was a waste of opportunity and all these years later they finally did it and kudos to them for pretty much undertaking this project because like this is something that um that ted Segal came in and uh, next thing you know he announces this type of project and it's finally a reality so it's definitely a good for um the atmosphere and also like fan experience is definitely something that it's is definitely going to help like bringing that positive feedback when it comes to games, but obviously it's 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 just a matter of winning games to obviously get the, the, the fans back in the stands to fully enjoy those seats because they're not supposed to be empty. <laughs> right, and speaking of not empty, for those that don't like the color scheme, just bring your friends to the game so we fill the damn seats up and then you won't have to look at your color yep. scheme. So enjoy that. Now the, the supporter That's section, <clears throat> yep. it looked like the supporter section was uh, a little bit different in between where the, the surge and the Texian army sit and where uh, the separation from El Batillon is, is the wall gone? What, what did they do over there? It's, it's weird because there, there used to be a wall there and it's not there anymore. And, Supposedly, from what I heard, there's supposed to be like some kind of fence to essentially just prevent the people to just hang around by by the deck area. That and that was essentially the plan for last year. And and yeah, that wasn't there anymore. Uh, although I'm expecting like something to be there in the first place because like the the main point of the wall being on the deck is just to like avoid people from just like gathering 
in the deck to not like to not like be in a proper supporter you know like just just standing there to not even watch the game but rather just like hang around and talk to people and and like for, for a lot of, of fan bases like the ones that we have right now it's it was a big deal and there should be something in place but um by then but but yeah i was i was surprised that the wall wasn't there maybe they're making adjustments to that but but yeah it's just interesting to see well, and, and, you know, I saw like a picture of it too. And like, I'm still thinking that it's going to be SG only for the supporters only, which means that the people that are working are going to have to make sure that, Hey, you, you got your wristband on and you can't come in here. And then, then it looks like the concession is right there and which will now be open to sell alcohol only. So if I want a drink or you want a water or a soda, I don't have to leave the field. I can still see the frigging game at the same time because now that wall's gone and, I don't have to walk into the concourse to see the, the game anymore. So one, it'll be up to security to make sure that just it belongs to the SGs and they're just there. They're just chilling. They are part of the SG. Now, of course, we want the SG to be active and, and noisy and, and singing songs or whatever, but not everybody can do that at all times. So as long as it's for the supporters, uh, I'm, I'm good with it. And I, I'm hoping that that concession is open for us too, to where we could just walk right up there, get our beer and not miss a moment and then return back to our, seats quotation marks for youtube yeah or for non-youtubers our spot yeah (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah and and also like just looking at the stadium that was pretty good and also part of the festivities was the fire sale and also the the pickup of the old stadium seats since essentially after they replaced the old seats with the new ones they essentially held on to the old seats uh to sell to fans and i did get two seats uh, for twenty five dollars each, and I brought them in, and they're they're in my garage right now. I don't have them with me, but essentially, I will be uh, going through some sort of project to turn them into some kind of couch or bench or something like that because I wanna I wanna use the seats that are like they're they're pretty big for me, just considering the fact that they're essentially a dynamo memorabilia now, and and I'm just kind of a, of a big collector, so I'm I'm excited to see what I can do with that, but. If you don't know, um, the seats, because they were bolted to the stands, you cannot use them as seats uh, from the get-go because the, the seats cannot stand by themselves. And it's a big hazard if you sit there because you're going to fall. And it, it, it was a big deal because like they um, before they gave me the seats, I had to sign a waiver to essentially not sue the Dynamo because I sat on those seats that they're not supposed to be sat on if they're not bolted to something, which I found pretty funny, but... I guess people will be like dumb enough to sit on those right now. <laughs> and I think your idea yeah, is great where you're going to make yeah. it a couch and then there's, you got two seats so that one of them's open. So I'll be coming to watching away days with you. If I'm not on the road with flying with the boys, yeah. come watch some away day games. That's the end game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's the end game. Yeah. And obviously I did pick up my seats and I also went to the fire sale, which if you don't know, it's a thing that happens every year before the season starts or a little bit, in between that um the dynamo and the dash they they gather stuff that that is not used by either players of the team or stuff that hasn't been sold on 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 this team store or just like stuff they've been hanging around with and they essentially just like sell it back to fans uh, at ridiculously low prices and i i love like those types of things because obviously fan engagement and the fans get an opportunity to buy stuff that was worn by players in the past and I thought that was pretty cool. I, I always loved going to those things. And this time around, I did get a couple um, stuff for the dash because I, I was looking for that kind of stuff. And like the main one, well, I, the 
two main things that I got were like this like windbreaker for dash, which is pretty cool. I was looking for this because I have like a light jacket and I needed something to like cover the rain. And I also got a like a signed poster for like the, the players that participated in the Challenge Cup like not so long ago. Which obviously this is definitely a collection for sure. I, I'm not leaving this like behind whatsoever because I, I love it. It's it, it's pretty awesome. But but yeah, it's it, it's it's just great being there. Obviously getting all that stuff and obviously getting uh, getting in touch with uh, the people from the search that were there. Shout out to everyone there and also like fans um, alike. It, it, it's always a fun experience when I go go to Houston to go to the fire sale. It's it's awesome, honestly. It sounded like fun. I I was jealous I didn't get to go because I saw some things in the pictures that I kind of wanted. But you know, at the at the same time, I've I've got to save my money to make these trips to Houston. I'm gonna be making every weekend. I.e., I'm gonna be in Houston this weekend for opening day for Austin. The following weekend, I'll be in Houston for NYFC, and I think I'm gonna stay over. Pretty much, I'm gonna stay over for opening day for the dash as well. So, man, uh, the gas, the hotels. I think I'm gonna just find a park and pop a tent and just sleep right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mind that one bit. I can act like I can be homeless. Yeah. That's that's fine. But yeah, man. So I was like, <laughs> I was jealous that you, that of the fire sale and I didn't get to go. But at the same time, I was like, all right, well, man, I, I want this stuff, but you know that's okay because I still got to get my dash jersey when I go on the 18th. Uh, so that'll be a, a nice chunk of money, and especially when you get it personalized too. So, Whew. but. Yeah, anyways, so, well, I'm glad you made it there. It looks like you got to watch the dash for a few minutes, kind of like a practice scrimmage. Yes, it, it was an, initially, they were supposed to be playing another team. I believe it was the, uh, TCU yeah. that there was a uh, plan to visit, but I believe there, there were change, changes in the planning, and they ended up doing, like, an intra-squad scrimmage. So I was only able to, like, hang out, hang around the scrimmage for, like, um, for, like a few um, for like 20 minutes, 25 minutes, because I had to head back to Austin uh, early. And it was, it was just pretty fun to see the new players, uh, even though it, I don't have like a good sample to go by. I felt like it's it was uh, an awesome experience overall, especially just being in the stadium, like the way it's going to look like with um, an actual soccer game happening there and with all the, all these changes. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited too, what's going to come for sure. Yeah, and pretty much and since we're speaking on Dash, just to let everybody know that that was the final preseason kind of uh, game, if you want to say, or scrimmage. They're now just going to practice for the next two weeks until their opening day. They don't have any scrimmages planned or any other preseason games planned there. So they're just going to focus on their camaraderie, their chemistry, and their con- conditioning and then be ready for opening day against, shoot, is it Louisville's opening day, right? Yes, uh, racing Louisville on March twenty sixth, which is a Sunday, and yep, six o'clock. And yeah, it's gonna be at home, and and yeah, it's 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 gonna be the only game for March because it's gonna be late March. But but yeah, it's it should be a good one. Obviously, coming off a, a strong year, we kind of talked a little bit about that in the in our dash episode a while back, and we're hopefully looking to see if we can make a new one to have a discussion or like set those expectations before the season starts soon. And then Donna Dose, we still don't know a schedule yet, which is kind of weird. It's coming out this friggin' late, but they have one preseason game left on March 18th. So Saturday, if people want to get down there early, I don't, I'm pretty, I don't know if it's open or not, but it's going to be at Aviva and it's against North, North 
Oklahoma soccer, uh, Frisco's <laughs> second team, North Texas soccer club. And that'll be their final preseason game and their final touches before they start off the season, which we don't know when's going to start. We're still waiting for a schedule drop, but we'll let y'all know as soon as that hops out. And, you know, otherwise, otherwise it's uh, back to dynamo time this week, right? Yeah, we are playing off NFC. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, they're back in town. We are playing them on Saturday. It's going to be a big game, especially for Dynamo, coming off two losses to start uh, the regular season. It's going to be a big game to essentially set expectations, uh, but to also bounce back because they're off to a pretty poor start. It looked like they were coming out of the Cincy game. It looked like they had something sorted out, but obviously facing New England, it, it looked like they may have to, like more work to do because it's it's looking pretty rough for them, but they can uh, obviously with by week just passed, with they definitely have time to make some readjustments before heading into this big game, and there's still a lot to look forward to. Like even though coming off like this poor performance like uh, at New England, but but yes, it's a home opener. Finally, we're gonna be able to see the team in Houston again, and obviously with all these changes in the stadium, not only that, but also with the team this past off season, and. I know, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they approach this game after uh, coming out the loss in New England. And, and yeah, I, I'm I'm expecting changes for the most part, how the forward line is going to look, and maybe a couple of changes in the midfield, and also Dorsey. And <laughs> and I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of changes heading into this one because the, the game against New England, it, we essentially got exposed. And hopefully there, there's, there's been a way for, like, uh, Ben Olsen to figure something out that to throw – a team soft guard maybe something that's unexpected because I felt like that specific performance against the wing was pretty rough to see. Well then shit, let's just, okay. Because I just gave you the side eye breath there with your comment, but let's, let's get into it. So are you expecting a formation change? Are you expecting the same formation? And then we can work our way from back to front, which is defense up to the forwards and tell me what changes you're expecting, what lineup you're expecting. Cause uh, you said a couple changes in midfield, but let's not start there. Go ahead. Formation. Stay the same, different. The formation wise, they might have to. They they might just stay the same, honestly. But they um. Okay, how about- I'd like to say that uh, it's. It, I mean, there's a good chance I might be wrong because, like, it's the the formation might stay the same, but uh, obviously there's going to be changes when it comes to the players. And just assuming that formation stays the same, uh, Dorsey's gone for sure, and. And that's a pretty interesting piece to to start with because I feel like that they might give Saizela a chance um, either there or just move on to someone else or even Mujib Murana, which I, I thought would be pretty pretty cool to see. But but yeah, it's it's just gonna be interesting to see how how they roll out, especially in the back line and moving forward. Okay, so <laughs> wow, all right, so well, back line, we're, Brad Smith. We'll give an update on him. He's actually practicing with the team now. He obviously is not going to be ready to start, so we're still expecting Schmidt over there. Uh, Vanderkuss, I think I think he's still working out his issues to become with the first team. Uh, obviously, it's going to be Hadebi and Bartlow still in the middle, but now on the right side, you, all right, you have Dorsey, Mahib, uh, Escobar, who we haven't got a fitness update from Escobar, on Escobar recently, but you know, assuming he's back and ready to go. And then, and then you threw in Sacedo. Uh, Sacedo for right back. I think he can play there, but essentially the like uh, I would say like as an option, I wouldn't say that that might not be like the first choice because we already have like options there. But 
I feel like with his, his uh, experience in MLS, I feel like he has a shot to like be involved with the team. So I, w- I wouldn't say he he starts this game, but rather he, he's just there as an option. Ooh, okay. Well, see, I, I was saying well, we, we you, you might have Escobar. You're definitely going to have Dorsey ready. Uh, I wouldn't throw Dorsey under the bus just yet because that that was his worst game against New England ever, and it was basically it was one whole half, the end of the first half, and then all of the second half. So we know what potential he can still play with, and we've seen him play a lot better. So there's still a chance, depending on how he performed in practice. You know, Dorsey still might get that start if Escobar's ready. Uh, he might get that start because of Dorsey's bad form in that game. So it's all going to depend on Ben Olsen. Uh, I don't see anybody else starting over there. Maybe Masi is, is on the bench and, and might come off and get some time, depending on if Escobar or Dorsey's not ready or whichever. So I say to on the right, uh, you know, that's still that's still a question mark because he's he's more of a, a CDM. I think we'll just hold him back right there since the midfield depth is a little lacking right now. And, you know, speaking of midfield, you said a couple of changes there. I'm still expecting Achi, Achi, Coco, and Archer to start right there. Is that Are you hinting at something different? I mean, not to say that they are doing a pretty bad job, but um, essentially just saying that the goals have to come in some way or another, and they have to like put more people that are like offensive minded to create plays. Because the thing that I saw about uh, in the New England game, which can be exploited, I get like Austin can just exploit against us, was just the fact that they can just like crowd, uh, a crowd their back line and pretty much just uh, disable us completely. Because that that was like the main issue. For that game and they can easily do it against us and and i wouldn't say like a lot a lot of changes have to be made but if i would have to make one i would definitely have to put like um bring in basi or if they, if he's not planned to at least be a winger because we definitely have like a lot of options um like to either replace uh bear and obviously bring back save us up front but essentially my main concern is just creating those opportunities because the game against New england we were dead in the second half and nothing happened, and that's something that Austin can just easily assimilate against us. And and obviously that was like the main question about like bringing in Basi as a midfielder is who you're gonna take out, and it, that's that's a pretty difficult situation because you're we're talking about like Artur Coco and Ache which essentially are like the main pieces in midfield that are pretty tough to replace, and especially like they just sit back and, and play forward. But but yeah, in if. In my scenario, then we will, I will have to like leave uh, Coco and Achi uh, up up front, like and just just even in the starting eleven. If we if we if we if it essentially will come up to that, because like it's like it that the, like the midfield is like just like the biggest like the it's it's pretty solid right now, and it's pretty hard for me to like see changes. But I feel like if if it were to come up to uh, changing things to at least like create more plays or even. Uh, create like a more uh, goal scoring scenarios that I will say involve Basi there if it's not being involved as a winger. So everybody's saying Franco, Ivan Franco deserves to stay on the left wing right now, the way he's been playing and everybody's liking the way he's been playing. So that, hold on one second. That could, uh, we expect him to stay there. We expect Sebastian to come back, and or, or even if it's not, it's, it'd be Thor. But we expect Sebastian Fidea to come back, and, and then you have that right side who are Baird hasn't been performing well. So we can look at two two different ways right here. We've had two weeks off. Ben Olsen is a fan of the four four two, and when I say four four two, it's going to be the diamond in the middle with the four, and 
so we, we expect Bossy to be able to start finally because we've been we we know he's our highest potential prolific player that uh, we we signed through the off season. So can can we put him in either as that cam and we run we run Franco and Seabass up top, or do we replace Baird with Bossy on the wing and just continue with our four two three one? Uh, it's that that's a big question mark the, I say the four four two just because we've had two weeks just to work on it and I'm sure they worked on it in preseason as well a little bit but I, I, I'm kind of seeing that I don't think Baird's going to get the start this time Franco's going to stay on the left Bossy's going to be on the right or either they switch sides whichever and it, it's the four two three one or the, we'll just call it the four three three well I mean what, what do you think is going on there I'm more inclined towards the first option for sure. And I also don't see like Bear starting. If at least assuming that things haven't changed and and, and Bear we just need to like a change Bear for the time being because like it's it's just what you, what you mentioned about like uh Dorsey and and Bear. Obviously they maybe have like a like a bad run to start the season, which they can definitely just improve over time. But like at this point, I would definitely say like uh move on um well not, not move on from Bear, but rather just have like replace him for the time being because like he like a bear is a, is pretty good and obviously just coming out of last year like in the last latter half of the season he he was playing very well but like at this point like i feel like we, we should just have like some someone else involved and also like next to save us if assuming that it's changed to a 442 i feel like that's that's just int- that will be interesting to to see as well like obviously when it comes to like those type of changes that we needed to see that may be a big one and one that we need against Austin for sure. And, and, you know, uh, just to remind everybody, we have a brand new coach. So Baird could do whatever he wanted last season. Ben Olsen didn't see that. And Ben Olsen would have had to go back and review tapes just to get that in his mind. But he, he's coming in a brand new coach, which means everybody gets a fresh start. And Ben Olsen only knows what he knows. And that's just like what he's seen on highlights, seen one on TV. So Baird not playing well in the first two games and, Somebody else in Enchada will tell me otherwise. Shout out Chapito. Uh, and, you know, Dorsey not playing well the first two weeks, even though he only played 20 minutes in the, the Cincinnati game. And he looked okay in Cincinnati. He just looked horrible in New England. So, you know, that's something to think about too. He's uh, Ben Olsen only has the preseason and two games to go off of these guys and see, uh, you know, how who he wants to use and what kind of what kind of formation or what kind of plan he wants to go with or who decides who he deserves to start. But uh, thank God we had this two weeks off to, to plan for it. And it's going to be interesting to see what we come out with on Saturday and about six 45, you're going to see all of us sitting on our phones. What's the lineup? What's the lineup? What's the lineup? And looking at yeah. each other. <laughs> yeah. And I guess the last thing we didn't touch on is obviously the goalkeeper situation, <laughs> because I, I, I do recall seeing um, a stat that, Steve Clark has like a pretty low save percentage um, compared to the shots he's been receiving, and and obviously not out, that's not to say like all the goals were his fault, but rather uh, he his expectations like uh, perform this early season. Obviously that that's kind of kind of rush this early, but would you say that like Andrew Charbel has a chance to uh, to essentially start some at some point in the future, or just like uh, have like a strong case to essentially swap? swap out with Clark at some point, like in the next couple of games. Yeah. That's a, that's a good question too. Cause uh, again, uh, Clark's Clark's out of past his prime, you know, Tarble, even though he's not a great keeper, he's in his prime or whatever. And 
you know, again, Ben Olsen's only seen these guys for the preseason and for the two starts. And, you know, of course, Tarball hasn't got any real time, but, you know, he may be looking better at practice and, this this could be a game for Tarbell to actually do get a start and do get a chance because he's playing against his former team, and you you got to be motivated to to play against your former team. They let you go or they they traded you to your to your in state rival. Uh, I would want to I would want to shove it back at him, man. And so that's something for Ben Olsen to think about, you know. But at some point, Tarbell is going to have to get some time, and you are going to have to see him in gameplay. You know, and see how well he does perform in gameplay. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to open cup to, to figure this out. If, if Clark's going to, hasn't been to the best that he can perform right now. And, and granted, he's been put in situations where I don't think uh, there's a lot of keepers that couldn't have done much, but he's not as mobile as he used to be. So it's, it's something that is a big question mark. And, you know, I, I would like to, yeah, I would like to, to look at it and see what Tarble Tarbell can do, you know, and the one I really would like to see is, is Xavier Valdez. So I'm hoping he can have a friggin' hot start with down a dose and maybe he can, you know, get some open cup time and, you know, maybe by mid season, you know, Valdez, you know, barring injuries, of course, is maybe the guy that could be shooting up the ranks right there real quick. And, but that, you know, good question though. Uh, for sure. And I guess the last thing we can definitely talk about is uh, Austin for sure. Uh, they're coming off a, a 2 on win on the road against Russell Lake. And this is obviously coming off a a, a 3 to nothing loss um, on the road uh, to Violet um, AC in CONCACAF Champions League. And at least for us, it's an uh, interesting situation because they're, they're still playing uh, a lot of games from the past two weeks because they had those two games this past week. And coming into this week, they do have the second leg of the Violet AC uh, to play in Austin, and and after that game, it's our game in Houston. So it's just gonna be interesting to see how they approach uh, the 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 game uh, for Violet AC because they are in a a three goal deficit and they have to make that up. And there's a good chance they might play the starters. And depending on on how they approach that game, I feel like it's gonna influence how they're gonna roll out against Houston on the road um, because it, it's there's just a lot of variables going on, and I feel like how they approach that specific game, it's gonna um, um, change um, their approach to the game against Houston because they're gonna come come out to try and win that game in Houston. But I feel like they they want to try and prioritize that that game um, uh, at home against Violet AC to get back in CCL. Dude, and they and there's a lot of intangibles that take onto this game. But like you said, they lost three nothing away which means they scored no away goals so they have to win four they have to win but four to nothing really they have to win four to nothing here to get past violet in advance because if they give an away goal up that means they have to score a fifth goal now and win four to or five to one just to get just to get past them and, and which and if they care about ccl which you would you would assume they do they're gonna have to play their best lineup because the lineup they played uh, the following tuesday in dominica republic against that haiti team did not look well. They didn't perform well. Uh, as you're going to hear later in the episode, they those players haven't had much time together as a unit. So, you know, Josh, Josh Wolf has to, to make a decision. Like, wait, what am I going to, who am I going to play? What am I going to do? Do I, or do they just give up on it and just play the players? And if it, whatever happens, happens. Cause like you said, four days later, they're coming to Houston to play. And let's just say they do lose to Violet or they do, put out their first team and then they lose. So now they're going to be, 
uh, they're going to be down on themselves. And that's a, that's going to be a bonus for us when they come into our house. We, we're starting to call it the orange oven now, but even though it's going to be cold on Saturday, you know, that's kind of sucks. 61 degrees is a high on Saturday, which bring your, bring your, uh, windbreakers if you got one, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't expect them to get past Violet, even though we didn't expect a three, nothing, uh, win for Violet to happen in the first place. Uh, they had a, a rough game last night in RSL. They did win. They, you know, they did score first on a brilliant goal. RSL came back about 30 minutes later and scored their goal. It was one, uh, two, one going into halftime, and Austin scored two friggin' nice bangers and uh, in, ended up holding off two to one. And it was a pretty exciting game. I ended up watching that whole thing as I was scouting Austin to see see if there's any other weaknesses. And I was really interested on how their defense would perform because their defense is what's been really sketchy this, this season so far for them. Obviously losing to St. Louis, the defense was sketchy against Montreal. They only won one to nothing, but Montreal was okay. And then, you know, RSL watching that game, the Austin's defense was really sketchy. And we, we know that's a big problem for them. Their depth, they get, they, they lost a player, Gabrielson. They, uh, they're, you know, they've got a player injured, so they've got their, their DP CDM playing uh, as a as a center back now, and actually looking pretty good. So that's been a bonus for them. So man, uh, this is going to be a. Uh, I'm optimistic for Saturday. I'm I'm very curious as to what's going to happen, what both teams are going to look like, what's going to happen on Tuesday for Austin, and uh, you know I, I'm excited. I, I'm I'm just ready to get back into play, and especially against these guys, we got to get a win, man. Got to get a win. For sure. And we do have like an in-depth discussion uh, with Hernan from We Are Austin TV, um, which is roughly like about 30 minutes or so minutes. And then uh, we essentially go in-depth when it comes to Austin FC and the matchup coming up against Houston. Yeah, we are going to leave it towards the end of the episode if you guys want to uh, skip all, all the way towards the end. But it's that's essentially where we keep our in-depth discussion. Uh, so it's, it's a good one for sure. And I'll highly recommend listening to that. And guys, yeah, make sure y'all listen to that. So there's some details in there, like like the, uh, Andreas said, uh, you know, details about Austin, details about the fans that are coming to that game. Uh, so man, we need to make sure that we, we we really get out there, we we sell out this this friggin' stadium on on Saturday and bring bring all the noise. And and speaking of the party starts at four o'clock on Saturday because the the surge are hosting a tailgate out in Lot C like we did last year with the Frisco game and the Hector Herrera first game is it's going to be a nice party out there there's going to be food trucks there's going to be beer uh you know you can bring your own beer to the to the tents as well of course you can't take it into the stadium with you just for those that might ask that stupid question but you know come out uh, it starts at four o'clock and we say four o'clock because we're going to do our walk into the stadium about seven o'clock you know kickoff is obviously seven thirty. well not obviously because apple's going to make it about seven thirty eight, seven forty two, or whatever but you know come, come check us out in lot c man come by say hi it'll be easy to spot some of us because we'll have our names on our back or you see what we look like right here. So come by, say hi before you before you walk into the stadium. And there'll be music playing. There'll be partying going on. And we're just going to be getting hype and getting ready for it, man. So it's our little Texas tailgate. Of course, Albatian will be at the Texas tailgate bar uh, getting their pregame on. And then once we see them uh, hear, the, hear the instruments playing and see them walking down the street, we're going to join them and walk in the stadium together, of course, as always. And so y'all be ready. Bring the noise. Get your tickets. You don't wait to the last second. You need to be at this game.
If there's any other game yep. to be at this this season, this is the game to be at. We need to get a win. We need to show the boys that we're, we've got their backs and make them feel real good. And let's go with it, man. Let's go. Ready. Yep. Well, yep. And with that, we can just go ahead and move on to the questions that we received from Twitter uh, over the past week. And there's definitely a lot of frustration for sure. And I, I can just say in front of the fans, and I don't blame them, uh, uh, especially <laughs> after this four start. So. It's just good um, to see, well, at least the fan feedback at least. But, but yeah, it's just a lot to worry about, I would say. Yeah, so, all right, man. Well, I'll start I'll start it out. And actually, this first question was from a, from the previous episode that was put in a bit a little bit late. But, uh, you know, it's still a good question. So, uh, Andreas, uh, you know, give us your thoughts. This is from Chipito. And Chipito said he, he expects more from all our DPs. Only Dynamo can have three healthy DPs and still look poor. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that frustration, especially when it comes to uh, Sabas and Teenage, because I feel like those are the players that still have to prove themselves um, this early in the season. Because just based on what I've seen from the past two games, like Achiachi has been making his case, uh, coming off a really, I wouldn't say like poor um, latter half of the season last year with the Dynamo, but rather just like inconsistent, I'd say. And I feel like he's getting, uh, Achiachi is getting to that groove. So I feel like if you want to compare like, uh, the 3D piece that we have, I feel like Achiach is the is the ones have, having the best performance to start the season, and Sebas has to pick it up for sure. And Teenage, I feel like he can definitely be the second one at this point. Um, that is getting back into the into that groove, but I feel like he, I don't feel like he has proven to be like a solid designated player. I'd say, and the Dynamo will have to definitely have to sort something up to to essentially free up his DP status to get like someone else like that can be like a true game changer that, that we need, especially in this situation. Yeah, man, I agree with you on the teenage. He's not playing to a DP status, but, he, you know, for the first two games, I, I'm okay with the way he's played. Uh, he's been more in control. He hasn't been as dangerous. He's still making his plays. He's still flying with his legs, but they're in a good – they're not in a dangerous manner. So, you know, teenage, just just keep doing your thing, brother, and it'll, it'll come together better. Of course, Sebastian Fidea had that poor first game and did, barely had no touches, got benched the second game, so didn't do came in late and still didn't do anything. So, yes, and a lot of it can be on CBS, but a lot of it is on that final third, the chemistry and the connectability. We're not finding our striker. We're not putting our – we're not giving the ball to our striker. Kind of reminds me what uh, Man City's doing with Erlen Holland right now. They're not giving him the frigging ball. They're not putting him in situations. Uh, you know, they're just they're playing ten v eleven every game right now. And so we got to get Sebastian Fidea in. And before I get into Achiache, so Chapito has this thing going on where he believes Baird is just getting misused and not being used properly. And Achiache is part of that where he's just not finding Baird on making these runs and looking. And, and he just even looking for Baird. And so it's, 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 he's so big debate going on right there, but he doesn't really have anybody to back him on that, on supporting that, that statement. I agree with you. Ache Ache has, is definitely looks different from last year. I call last year non existent because that was just kind of a joke how, how Ache Ache looked last year and just what he played and he was injured or he's World Cup ready or, partying or whatever he was doing he does look different this year he's more involved he's more on the ball and he and he's doing what we expect him to do yes i agree we can get some more balls over the top to baird but at the same time baird has been given the ball and he hasn't done anything with it 
you know, so, you know, Bear needs to adjust to the type of game that we're playing at the same time to give himself more opportunities to receive the ball because if Bear's just making runs and the team's not playing that style, they're not going to see those runs. They're not going to play those runs because their head's down, their head's not up. So need Bear to adjust a little bit or whoever plays on that right side. And if we adjust our style, then, yeah, let's let's see Hector Herrera play those balls over the top to Bear making runs. And it's not like Bear's lightning fast either. So, you know, you got to play a perfect ball. You want to get Bear involved in that situation right there. All right, moving on to the next question. This one's coming from Marlon, and he's predicting a 2-1 Dynamo victory. And his question would be, well, we kind of answered it, but we'll let you just reiterate, uh, Foxtrot. What is the answer to the right wing? Are we looking for a player to come in and secure that side of the field? And I, I think when I he feel s- like it says come in, I don't know if he's meaning like from the bench or if we're still looking for somebody that doesn't belong to the team. Yeah, for sure. When it, um, there's definitely a couple of ways you can approach this, and the short-term solution right now would definitely just uh, either to utilize Quinones uh, as, as an option there, or even just involve Basi if you're if you're not gonna involve him as a midfielder, because uh, yeah, that, like I feel like, and we mentioned that uh, earlier. Uh, essentially, Corey Bear, I don't think he should be starting right now, and and it's just definitely one of those uh, positions that I'm gonna have to sign at, at some point in the summer because it's. It's one of the few uh, holes, or like I would say, like probably the biggest hole they haven't addressed, like outside from um, defense. That because we have, we need like those type of players that are offensive minded and create plays. And I feel like that's one of the things that uh, have having a, a right winger that can do that is going to help a lot, especially with a crowd schedule like that. And like having Corey Baird, I feel like it's definitely an, uh, a positive, but it's just that uh, the way he started the season right now, I don't think he guarantees him a starting spot. So. I'll definitely say, like in, in short term, I'll definitely say involve Quinones more, and and like I said, have have Basi switch there if he's not going to be utilized as a midfielder. But but yeah, it's just a lot to think about, especially Bear not being a not being worthy to be a starter at least right now. Right, good question, Marlon. All right, moving on. All right, we got Cheez-It come back again with another question. He says Austin has to play midweek game, midweek game and try their best to come back. I would think they'd be exhausted from all that to come. All of that come the home opener, and I think Seabass and Coco score. I was wondering about our right-back situation. Did we try Escobar again since Dorsey sucked, or hell, even Marana? And he predicts a 2 nothing score. Yeah, we pretty much tap into that like in the episode, but essentially, and I feel like I give a lot of this credit to Escobar uh, because I, I didn't mention him a lot, and and yeah, it's I, it's mostly just because I I don't know about his his fitness situation, especially yeah. since he didn't have much of, a, of an appearance against New England, and he's still in the picture for sure. Like if if he's gonna start, I'm not sure, but just assuming that he's not ready, I will definitely say like um, consider, um, like I feel like Amuji Moran's gonna be. Um, on bench for this one and maybe it's a situation that's like I said it might be utilized or just might start off the bench like it does that has to be seen still but but yeah like Escobar can, can start this game assuming that he's uh, healthy and ready to go but but yeah it's just a lot to consider especially with those all these pieces involved I feel like it's gonna be interesting to see yeah very interesting I like I said earlier I'm I'm very intrigued to see what's gonna happen this weekend you know, especially after, you know, Austin plays their game on Tuesday. All right, last question. Chapito comes back again with another question. He says, which player has impressed so far and which player has been underwhelming? 
the most impressive and most underwhelming? Most impressive, definitely a Tate Schmidt. And obviously, like, Coco is probably the best player on the team right now. But when it comes to, like, the most impressed by, like, uh, in terms of expectations, I will say Tate Schmidt because he's being more involved, like, on that left flank. Like, he, he not... He not only tracks down players that like whenever he, it's time to defend, but he just gets involved in in, in the offensive, and that's just awesome to see. And we talked a little bit about that a while back. That he's just like he threw a wrench in the conversation of who gets to start uh, as a left back, uh, considering the piece that we have right now that have yet to like play a role, mostly just because Brad Smith is coming up an injury, and also Van der Kust is getting his papers together. Like, uh, and he, he started practicing now, thankfully. But but yeah, Tate Schmidt. He's definitely impressed by him uh, so far. Like he's, I, I love him so far. As for like the players I'm most disappointed with, um, like it's for me right now, it's a combination of Baird and Dorsey because I felt I had like high expectations for them and just to essentially have their presence felt when it comes to like competing for their starting roles. But like so far to start the season, they haven't made their case. So for the time being, to start the season, I'm I'm the most I'm. I'm just disappointed the most towards them. Yeah, I I, I agree with you on on both fronts on the most impressive and the most disappointing. And and, and Chapito, just to just to remind you before you you know you're pulling your hair out right here. You know, uh, Foxtrot did make a hot take to start the season when it referring to Bears. Yeah. So he is a fan. I mean, we're all a fan of Bears. We're just we're just telling it like it is in the way we see it. You know, the way we see the game and the way we see what's going on. And uh, he expects Baird to to either outscore Sebastian Fidea or make a run for who's going to score the most goals. So we're going to keep that hot take. That hot take staying pinned, brother. Yeah. That hot take staying pinned. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I agree because, you know, Baird's played two games. And uh, I, I said he was a ghost in both games. And I didn't get into Chispito's big argument, but uh, he, he did. He he, for two weeks, he argued with almost, I think, everybody. He argued with some other pods. He argued with people in Enchata. And it, he could, he was, he was having trouble trying to convince anybody otherwise. And, you know, and, uh, you know, he's seeing the game a little different and res- respect for him for that. You know, people, all people do see the games different. Uh, but so, you know, hopefully Baird is, can, can come back and perform a little better. You know, we, we do expect more from Dorsey, especially the way he's played last season coming uh, after Zeka was a failure. So let's just see more. And, of course, Tate Smith's the easy answer. He's a friggin' trialist, a walk-on pretty much. And uh, he didn't perform too well against New England, but obviously he's, he's, he's earned that starting spot for now. Uh, he's playing well. Coco, this is what we expected from Coco. So I wouldn't say he's the most uh, intrigued player right there that he's doing what he's supposed to do in our eyes and he's performing. Ache Ache has stepped it up a little bit and we've been, we've kind of surprised, not kind of surprised. It's what we expected from and wanted from. So I guess Ivan Franco, the little bitty skinny kid is the one who's kind of stood out in my eyes a little bit. And a, a majority of people's eyes where he's performed you know, we didn't know what we were going to get. He hasn't performed in the past two or three years, and he's actually looking pretty decent. And let's just see if it can translate to uh, being consistent performances. You know, and uh, again, fans, thank y'all for the questions. We appreciate y'all when we put something out there and y'all give us something to talk about and something to debate about. And we respect y'all's questions and we respect y'all's takes at the same time. So, again, appreciate that. Y'all keep them coming when we put it out there. 
Yeah, for sure. We we definitely appreciate those and definitely the questions that that now even if it disagrees with our our takes or our opinions, it's definitely just good to consider. Yeah, absolutely. So, anything else you want to talk about with Austin and Houston, or you want to move on to the MLS recap? We can, like, I guess we can just go ahead and put like a score prediction if you want. If you want to start. Oh yeah, yeah. So, man, this one's kind of tough. Going back and forth, we've had two weeks off, so we don't we don't have a yeah. game that was played yesterday to go off, or this week, this past weekend to go off of. Yeah, all we can do is just go off the two games. All we can do is go off the way Austin's been playing. Uh, it's our home opener. Will there be a little more chemistry? We're hoping there is because they've had two weeks to to work on the chemistry. We got to find the final third. Um, man, this is so tough. But in in the beginning of the season, you know, let's go back to our beginning of the season predictions. We both predicted a draw. Okay, we both predicted a draw, and I'm still kind of looking at a at being a one one draw. My optimism. Saying that we can get get away with a one nothing win, and that I know how tough that's going to be. And I and I, I went with the lower I went with the lower score. I went with the lower score than the higher score. But you know, I'm, I'm feeling one one, but I'm hoping for one nothing win for for Houston. Yeah, I can definitely see the draw happening, and I can I do see like a high scoring draw even happening. So. I feel like a two-two might be uh, like it's gonna happen either that or like a high-scoring win, like a kind of three-two Houston. I feel like, and this is mostly just depending on the approach that that Austin take for sure, and whatever uh, Houston uh, come out to like readjust from um, from the bye week. And I think it's gonna be entertaining to see. Um, it's gonna be a good game for sure. Yeah, man, I I agree with that. I agree with that. And it's definitely gonna be fun, and it's definitely gonna be worth the trip. So. Uh, win, lose, or draw. Let's just make sure the boys perform and compete. Something to work off of, even if we do lose this game. So, you know, Austin's going to bring it with the players and the fans. So let's just be ready for it and let's just show out and make the, bring the noise, y'all. Bring the noise. Our players need it. Yep. And do you want to go ahead and do the, the, the weekend roundup for MLS before it close out? All right, man. So, yeah, MLS recap. Yesterday started with Charlotte at home getting their butts kicked by Atlanta, and that was kind of a surprise. But Atlanta's, you know, they're top of the East right now, man. So I don't know if it's a surprise, but Charlotte was kind of a a hopeful team coming into this season. I don't know if you agree with those takes. Oh, yeah. Charlotte's – I still have expectations. And, and yeah, just Charlotte seeing it like that, I feel like they've – they're off to a wrong start, kind of like what we are. But at least for them, it's it's kind of feel uh, harsh because like they they just started obviously just being an expansion franchise, and I feel like at this point they should have like an understanding of where to go, for or like at least they approach for every game. And uh, yeah, they had a poor start. Then there was our friends from South Oklahoma FC Toll Road. They went to Vancouver and tied one to one. And I watched a little bit of that game, and I was I'm not. Uh, I wasn't impressed with uh, with Dallas at all. So Dallas has got some questions going on this season, and you know um, they gifted they gifted Vancouver the one goal. Ariola had an own goal, and that's how Vancouver tied. And Vancouver was pushing towards the end. So unfortunately, Vancouver didn't pull out that win. But 
you know, Frisco not looking too well right now. I don't know if we got to take on that before I speed up the rest of the games. Oh, yeah, they're pretty good. I feel like they're going to, um, at some point, they're going to recover from this one. And, and, and yeah, like it's, it's just like, um, interesting. I didn't see like all, uh, the full game yet, just as highlights, but, but yeah, it's just, it might just be like one of those outliers, uh, just considering, uh, their season ahead and, and yeah, how it started. And moving on, DC with another surprise. They took on Orlando, and they they ended up tying one to one. DC, of course, was at home, but I don't think anybody had DC beating Orlando. Orlando's a tough team, but you know that turned out to a one one. Big upset yesterday. FC Cincinnati hosted Seattle. I've been high on Cincinnati. I think, I mean Seattle. I think Seattle's going to win the West for for the uh, win the West. I think they're going to somehow make it past LAFC in the end. But you know. Uh, that was a that was a one nothing for Cincinnati. Seattle did score. They went to VAR and they took the goal away because they said the player fouled one of the Cincinnati guys. Uh, there wasn't a good review of that, so I don't know how they determined that that actually was a foul. But whatever, we all know what VAR is like. Uh, next weekend's opponent <laughs> after the Austin game is NYFC, and NYFC actually beat Inter Miami one to nothing. Man, and that was kind of that was kind of crazy too. And uh, that was also an own goal on Miami for, for to score for the NYSC, and I was watching that when it happened. It was, it was just uh, just seems like own goal is going to be a thing a theme this season. But NYSC held up, held off Miami. Joseph Martinez looked pretty good for Miami, and so that's something to look at whenever we get we get done with Austin. We got to review some tape for NYFC. Moving on, Philly beat Chicago one nothing. Now Philly did not score until the 90th minute in that game. And Chicago had one red card and then a second red card after that goal. So Chicago got beat up that entire game. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> Dude, for real. And Philly was at home. And I watched the end of that game too, uh, watching 360. They, they went ahead and went to that one. And that game was kind of crazy. And Philly kind of got lucky that they scored there at the end. But, you know, they did their thing and they scored. They got, they got a win and beat Chicago. Chicago, two red cards. So they're going to be hurting next week. Uh, Toronto tied Columbus one to one. Nobody cares about that game, I'm sure. Minnesota Red Bulls one to one. Nobody cares about that game. Nashville ended up winning two to nothing against uh, Montreal. And boy, Schaffelberg, I was saying in the chat yesterday, Schaffelberg, man, he's that that kid is. <laughs> he found him a new team to play with, and he's 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 looking pretty hot this season. I was like, early MVP runs coming right there. Surprise game right here. Sporting SKC hosted LA Galaxy, and that was just a 0-0 draw. So nothing exciting happened in that game. Uh, Real Salt Lake and Austin, as we all talked about, was 2-1 last night. That was a pretty that was a pretty fun game to watch. And, you know, like I said, I was scouting it just to see what Austin was going to look like. And it was just a, it was an entertaining game going back and forth. After that game ended, I turned on Portland and St. Louis and watched the second half of that game. St. Louis has been down by a goal in every single one of their matches this season, and they ended up winning by a goal. Well, I guess they beat Charlotte 3-1. to one. But they've won all three of those matches. And, and last night, they took it to Portland, man, in Portland's noisy stadium. And that was pretty uh, amazing for them. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on St. Louis right there. No, man. St. Louis is on a mission. And... <laughs> And they're the first team to win their first three games while being behind by one goal, which is a crazy stat. And doing that in your expansion season, that's insane to think about. So 
I mean, shout, shout out to St. Louis on their fans, man. They are right now flying, and I feel like they're the one, the one of the teams to beat right now. But yeah, it's it's just it's just amazing how they're doing right now. That's pretty good, dude. That's that is crazy how what they're what how they're performing right now, man. And uh, so, who do they have next? They they get to they get to host San Jose and then and then travel to RSL to finish out the month. So they got they got some. You know, tough games to still play. We'll see how they how they do, but then St. Louis, uh, they just they're on a high right now, super high. And speaking of San Jose, another boring game in my eyes last night was San Jose hosted Colorado, and that game ended up being finished one to nothing. So, you know, looking at the tables, Eastern Conference, uh, New England plays. Oh yeah, I should say that too. New England plays tonight against LAFC. And that game is LAFC is the one hosting that game. So that's going to be a really tough, tough game for New England. We'll see how they're doing right there. But, you know, uh, you got Atlanta, Nashville, Cincinnati, all with seven points taken off on the east. And there's a couple other teams with six right there. And so surprise, not no, not no real surprises right there. Charlotte holding up the bottom in 15th. That is the big surprise. Charlotte and Montreal both starting the season 0-3. We kind of expected that from Montreal, but – not not from Charlotte. St. Louis, the only 3-0 team. Of course, New England still has to play tonight, so we'll see. But St. Louis, the only 3-0 team, man, with nine, the only team with nine points. Seattle, Austin, Incredible. San Jose with two with two uh, wins apiece, six points. Uh, LSC, LAFC, of course, they missed their opening day game, so they've only played one game. they got to play tonight. And then there's us holding down the bottom. What's new? Nah, that's okay. We'll, 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 we'll work on it. We're holding down the bottom, though. But, you know, that's your that's your MLS recap. I don't know if you have any other takes on the MLS recap before I transition to instant ramen. Hey, man. Like, obviously it's not a long season to go, but like St. Louis, I'm, uh, they're probably like my favorite team right now for, for a, a neutral. Uh, that's just... I just appreciate how they're doing, obviously, with a, a great start to the season, how, how they're clicking, especially being down a goal every single game so far. Like, they're, they're just making it happen, and I, I appreciate that for sure. And, and yeah, and the same same goes to us in the, in the sense of it being a long season. There's just a way, way to go still to change things around and get those results in. And, and yeah, it's looking pretty rough right now, right now but... Hopefully there's enough time to figure something out and another another approach to the season because they're gonna make some changes because the way they started, it's not the way to go. And, and one last note on St. Louis: if they win next week, they set the expansion record for most wins to start the season, which is currently being held by St. Louis and Seattle. So Seattle started off their three games, but St. Louis has the edge because they were losing in all three and won all three. So if they win next week, they'll be the first team to start four and zero in expansion era. But as we move on and we we kind of shut down the show, we want to transition to something that was kind of requested and something that I'll bring in back from the Dynalytics uh, era is, you know, the opponent interviews where I reach out to the opponent, uh, talk, I like to call them talking heads, whether it be a podcaster or whether it be a radio personality, whether it be a media personality from the, from the opposing team. But we reach out to the opponents and just kind of, you know, 
try to briefly talk to him, not make it as long as it was on Dynalytics. But, you know, uh, we're, I call this one Instant Ramen because it's just a quick interview. We yep. kind of run through the questions pretty quick. And we just, we just uh, you know, there's, we're not heckling or anything like that. We just want to get into a good vibe with our opponent. <laughs> we talk to him. And, of course, this week as, as we get ready to end this show right here and we transition into the interview, so make sure, hey, we're not ending. Y'all stick around. The interview will start up here in just a, about a minute probably and we invited Hernan from we are Austin TV who is the who is the fans voice and uh, the fans voice for Austin FC and uh, he goes out there he does the Twitter spaces for Austin FC he he's uh he's he's doing a great job on his end and I have a, res- a lot of respect for the man so we invited him over to to talk to him and we talked to him for about 30 minutes and and got a, a good perspective of Austin uh, what they're currently going through and what their what their expectations is for the Houston game uh, we we talk about the fans that are coming to the Houston game so you know guys a very interesting interview so the, this will be about the 60 minute mark into the episodes if you want to fast forward you know to that point give it a listen man and uh you know give some shout outs and uh, there will also be a twitter space on thursday between houston and austin combined so y'all y'all look forward to some updates that we'll be posting later but you know uh foxtrot you know any last words as we transition into instant ramen no yeah i'm looking forward to instant ramen man like it's it definitely uh it, it kind of works like in synergy with noodle time Obviously, noodles, yeah. instant ramen. It it just makes sense. And I know shout out to Eric for coming up with the name. And I'm still working on the logo, but it's it's it just makes sense for me. And it's it's awesome. And obviously, this is something that he's been bringing in from Dynalytics, and it's definitely it adds more perspective, uh, at least from a a a person that is following that specific team, you know. And it's it's just good to, good to see, honestly, just having like just learning a little bit more about those teams and also having having a different perspective there. And it's just good to see, honestly. But yeah. But yeah, guys, stick around for the interview, which is coming up uh, right now. And yeah, stay noodle, y'all. Hey. Yep. Okay, everyone. So here with us today, it's Hernan from We Are Awesome TV. Um, Obviously, a different team, and <laughs> as you can tell right away, but yeah, he he's been involved with Austin SC for a while now, and he's one of the main content creators from their team. Uh, how's it going, Arnon? Uh It's going good, man. Thank you for the uh, intro. Also, thank you for the uh, invite. It's always nice to be here, even if uh, you know it's talking with uh, fans from rival team. We always got to keep that bridge. You know, we got to have that have that bridge of uh, communication. I guess you can say. Uh, yep. it's a very good day today sunday we took a win last night from rsl a very difficult stadium so i'm buzzing right now the fans yep. are buzzing and it's a really good uh energy going into this next game so, yeah i was watching the highlights of that game and uh, they essentially came from behind and it, it was a pretty uh, well battle game for austin for sure and obviously going to rsl which is not a easy place to go to that is actually pretty impressive especially bouncing back from a tough result in, in ccl and it's, it's definitely one of the things we're gonna have. Um, uh, we're gonna ask as well. And no, that that's pretty a pretty strong uh, performance uh, heading into obviously the second leg in CCL and obviously against Houston coming up mm-hmm. just around the corner. But yeah, just just a lot to look forward to, especially for Austin fans. But yeah, 
Definitely, bro. Uh, yeah, that was definitely be... a fun, go ahead, go ahead, fun OG. game go to watch last night. Yeah, that, that was definitely a fun game to watch last night, even from sitting on the outside in. I watched the entire thing and uh, just going back and forth, and I definitely did not think 2-1 to one was going to be the final score after the way that game started. And the second half just was still exciting, but no goals. Should have been a bunch more goals for both sides. But, yeah, that, that was fun to watch last night, man. Good Good deal for y'all. And also, man, it was it was some some really great goals that were scored. John Gallagher gets a, a goal, top bins, and then Owen Wolf gets his first professional goal. Um, that one obviously wasn't top bins, but it was a, like a laser shot from outside the box. It's very nice to see him get his first goal. Uh, I saw this stat that said that uh, you know him and his dad, Josh Wolf, they're the eighth duo in the MLS to score fa- uh, father son goals, something like that. So uh, big ups to them. Uh, happy for them nice. to get that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Eric, if you want to go well, ahead and start you... it with the questions, but well, yeah, we can we can start. Yeah, man, let's just, just jump into it. And this one's just kind of a this first question is kind of a three parter, man. So you know, we'll just jump right into your CCL. And <sighs> you know, what was your takeaway from last Tuesday? Yeah, man, you know we're gonna bring it. You know, we got we got to ask these questions. But <laughs> what was your takeaway from last Tuesday? What's your expectations for this following Tuesday? And then, you know, your roster, man, are y'all y'all looking to go with starters or is it going to be more reserve role like you did previous Tuesday? Really good question, boys. Honestly, I mean, especially coming out, coming down off the wind last night, you almost forget <laughs> of something like that, that 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 happened. But let's go back to uh, Tuesday, whenever that that match took place, whenever it happened. I mean, it was an embarrassment. Ethan Finley said it himself. And if Ethan Finley says something like that, that it was an embarrassment, it really has to be because he's one of the most serious guys, one of the most mature guys. I believe he's part of the MLSPA board. You know, this guy is a very serious yep. dude. And the fact that he comes out on an interview aired on Fox Sports 1, he says it was an embarrassing uh, display. It really speaks volumes on what actually happened. Mind you, though, Josh Wolf didn't send his his A team, but the B team, I guess you can say, quote unquote, B team that was fielded in the Dominican Republic in a neutral side, because we all know that the team, Violet, uh, they couldn't host us in Haiti due to the political conditions going on down there. So we had to go to a, a neutral site. And even then, I mean, our team that was fielded out there, the way that they played, it was really shocking. You know, it looked like those guys, I mean, one thing, those guys have never really played together in that in that starting 11, but they've been on a team for a while and they looked like complete strangers. We did have some guys out of position. You had Nick Lima playing center back, which was really weird. You had um, Amro Tarek, who had who was seeing his his first minutes with Austin FC. Uh, and he just goes on to completely get dunked on and those and he scores an own goal. It was really disappointing. It was frustrating. But what I what I disliked the most, I guess you could say, what I what 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 really hurt me the most, and I think Josh Wolf emphasized on this, is the fact that we didn't get anything out of there. If we would have gotten one away goal, oh, it would have been it would have been a huge help, especially being down three nil right now, coming back to the Q two. So uh, the mindset that we have going forward to this game is like. We can come back. Remontada is possible. Uh, Drusi has to be up for it. Diego Fagundes has to be up for it. And if they score one goal on us, I mean, we have to score five. At that point, it's going to be very difficult. So we got to come out swinging, 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 swinging. Man, we got to get two goals in in the first thirty minutes. If not, it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, for sure. And and at least heading into uh, the first leg of of that matchup, at least everyone that has been watching Austin carefully, like across the league, obviously um, the main guys from the media, as well as, as casual fans or just like neutral people, 
they were expecting at least a performance from Austin, uh, considering circumstances. And it, it was shocking to see, honestly. And mm-hmm. and and yeah, like heading into the second leg for sure. I feel like they're definitely gonna make some adjustments, not necessarily start all, all of the starters, but essentially put like the, the key pieces to obviously get 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 back on the board and and turn the score around because. Yeah, if 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 they manage to get that, obviously they're gonna go through the next round, and which is gonna get more interesting for you guys, especially mm-hmm. especially with the tougher teams ahead. And and one of the other questions that that I had heading into this one is not to say that Austin had like a lot of deficiencies from last year. Obviously, making it to the Western Conference Final like in in pretty great fashion. Uh, essentially, like in this past offseason, has Austin addressed like? The deficiencies, or at least most of them, uh, from last year, and if so, are they ready to play in a year riddled with competitions? Like, not for you guys is in a it's an interesting uh, situation because not only you guys have CCL right now, but also we're gonna have Open Cup coming up as well as Leagues Cup, and obviously that's that's just a lot of games, and Definitely. it's a, a lot of work for Josh Wolf and the team to like make make their respective adjustments and try to get a, a performance or a result from each each competition you're right bro you're right you actually hit a spot on uh you say it's gonna be a lot of work more work we have to also remember that when claudio reina did his whole business with uh burhalter and he got you know kind of like suspended he's not really sacked he's still on uh payroll doing something for austin fc but whenever that happened the new sporting well the interim sporting director sean rubio and josh wolf they picked up um claudio reina's duties they had to split his 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 job. So on top of being coach, Josh Wolf now has to worry about half of Reina's job along with uh, uh, Rubio. But going back to the question that you asked about the offseason moves and if we really got better, I think the the hit, the hardest hit that we took right to the jaw, right to the chin was Ruben Gabrielson leaving. I mean, that wasn't really expected. Ruben Gabrielson was on a two-year contract uh, and with with an option for one more, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that there was some some rumors that he was that he was going to go back either way, but he leaves Austin FC in a, in a surprise fashion. There in the winter, he left. Uh, I think the official announcement came January third, and that was something that a lot of Austin FC fans didn't have in their in their bingo cards. You know, right now, if we were to have Ruben Gabrielson, Leo Weissenden, a uh, healthy Julio Cascante, things would be very, very different. Instead, we loaned out Romagna. Julio Cascante is injured. Ruben Gabrielson left. We picked up Leo Weissenden, but now we have to have Alex Ream come out of position and play center back because we're really not in the best uh, position, the best condition that, that, that you would want to be in that center back depth, um, I guess you can say. So the offseason moves, man, I, I really would have liked them if – Ruben Gabrielson would have stayed. I think the 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 results recently have been well. If there have been any negative results for Austin FC, they have really have they 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 really have collided with the defensive performances. You know what I'm saying? The fact that Ruben left, short story. The fact that Ruben left really hurt, bro. Leo Weissen has been fantastic, but. A lot of fans think, imagine if we had Ruben Gabrielson and we had Leo Meissner right now, it would be a complete lockdown back there. And it would really be a different story. Instead, home opener, we lose to St. Louis off of a defensive blunder. Down in Haiti, our center back again has a, has a disaster class performance. I mean, you really have to stop and ask yourself, how different would this team be if Ruben Gabrielson would have stayed? But real quick, just um, on the attack side of things, Zardis, one of the guys that we brought in, he's been a little bit underwhelming so far. Uh, 
his work rate off the ball has been fantastic. But as a as a number nine, as a forward, as a striker, we want him to uh, score goals. You know what I'm saying? Um, other than that, I think we're in a good spot, man. I don't know if we're ready for uh, some of these competitions. I think that it's going to be a lot for us. Just like you said, the 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 teams just get harder. If we get through Violet off of a miracle, we have to probably face Leon up next. Liga MX opposition has not been easy for us. We played Atlas, we played Pachuca, and they have not been easy for us. So um, I think Austin FC should really think about what it's going to be doing in the next couple of months because... I really, really don't think that we have the depth for it. But um, some fans were saying last night on the space, they were saying, yeah, we might not have depth, but just don't throw competitions like that. We at least go have to go down trying. And that's what some fans think. Great question. Hey, you know, to kind of defeat off that question into the next question, you kind of sort of answered it. But, you know, it was like, a, what are what are the... What what area of the field is the fans concerned with mostly the defense, the midfield, your your attack, and then what can y'all do to fix it, or is there a way to fix it? Man, defense for sure, bro. That's where fans have been very concerned these days. Uh, we've had really concerning performances from Kip early on. We had a very concerning performance from Amrotadic in CCL. The positions that the fans and the defense are happy with is the left back and the right back. You know, we have Zan Komanek slotting in well. We also have on the right side, we have John Gallagher, who's uh, slotted in well last night, got a goal, banger goal, top bins. Nick Lima is also doing fantastic. He, he, I think he has a FIFA informed player card right now. But the center back position is where Austin FC fans are really concerned. Um, we have Julio Cascante injured right now, and he's a player that we were really going to rely on this season. He's uh, He's been there for us since since day one. He's a hard worker. He's racked up some of the most minutes for the club. But center back position, probably the, the, the part where fans are really concerned about right now. Everything else, they seem to be happy. But center back is where you look and you're like, man, that's we really got to reinforce that soon. Is, is there talks in, that the window's still open? Is there talks to trying to find a now replacement? Or are y'all going to try to suck it up and make it to the summer and just see how it works out with the current depth? Bro, so a couple weeks ago, there was some shouts of maybe getting a, a guy, a, a center back from, from, from Seattle. I think his name is Ariaga. But it, it was probably just like a rumor. I don't think uh, it had any legs to it. But there was... Before we signed Vison, and I remember Austin FC was linked to a Turkish center back named Hassan Kurukai, and I'm not sure what his status is. I don't know if he resigned with his club or if he pick, got picked up somewhere else. I kind of lost his his trace after the rumors with him died down. But I wouldn't be surprised if Austin FC is is maybe planning for another big center back signing like Lil Vison, or maybe if they're looking in the market right now for something more domestic. But I really couldn't tell you. I haven't heard anything about that, and it's a a little bit concerning and. Honestly, um, I, I heard somebody say this, that maybe Austin FC shouldn't worry and, and panic uh, and make like a like a, you know, panic kind of signing. You know, it, it's better to be calculated. Uh, try to ride it out with the center backs that you have right now. And whenever you have a bit more of a idea of what direction you want to go with this, with this, with the center back, you get all your chickens in a line or all your ducks in a line. Right. And then you go after that guy that's either worth big, big money or you have him in your plans for the next two, three, four years, just like Leo Weissenden. Yeah, and, and definitely one of the things that you mentioned earlier was that um, 
with the issue with uh, with Arenas uh, early in the offseason and also uh, the, the the fact of the matter that that specific role of sporting director that he has with Austin FC shared. I feel like that it, that makes an interesting situation, although it's definitely not preferred to have like one person doing two jobs, you know, at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and obviously, when when you mention uh, making those signings, it's it's way better, especially in Austin's situation, to just uh, take your time and and not just like rush to make a signing. And yeah. and just getting into that, when it comes to like designated players, at, at least at least for Austin, it's it's pretty different, but. Obviously, Adriosi is not it's not an issue here. But rather, are you concerned with like Ring and Rigoni being like the main designated players, or they should be playing like a different role? So check this out, man. On on Ring, real quick, because he'll be definitely like brushed over real quick. But Ring is playing like a DP this season. He's playing like a DP, but a center back, and he's not a center back. That's the thing, right? Um, he is doing fantastic at center back, but that's not his position. Whenever he was playing CDM uh, midfield, a lot of fans were saying last season, hey, this guy shouldn't be DP. He's not DP level, CM, CDM. But fans seem to be happy with him at center back. I'm happy as well. His performances have been really good. Um, we beat Montreal with him at center back. We beat RSL with him at center back. There was, there's actually a, a funny thing. Him and Love Iceland, they're both Finnish. And Brad Stuver said that there's points in the match where they're not even speaking English. They're communicating in Finnish. And that's absolutely like in FIFA Ultimate Team, that's a that's a green link right there. You know what I'm saying? Like that right. that that yeah. line turns green right there, right? So it's it's absolutely uh fantastic to have these two guys partnering up like that. But when you really think about it, Alex Ring isn't a center back. He's he's doing this for Josh Wolf and he's doing this for the for the better of the team, right? But um, I think Alex, he shouldn't be a DP. That's not his fault. The fact that he's a DP. When Cecilio Dominguez left um, and he got booted out from the club, we had to move around a lot of pieces to keep our young monies. And to and in order for that to happen, Alex Ring had to be moved into a DP. So MLS rules, you know that they're wacky and crazy and they're very difficult to really fully understand. But Alex really shouldn't be a DP. It's not his fault that he's a DP and... Unfortunately, when you have that DP label on you, bro, fans expect a lot out of you. And that's the how I'm going to transition into Rigoni, the expectations. This guy is a DP. He's He used to be number seven. Now he's number seven. I mean, not only is DP carrying weight, the number on your back carries weight as well. You know what I mean? And he's had chances this season. Against Montreal, he had two point-blank range chances. One one penalty in, in motion he couldn't convert. And then last night against RSL, Drusi finds him open in space. Again, right at the penalty spot, misses the chance. The keeper makes a great save. And that's the thing. On a lot of these chances, the keepers have made great saves on uh, Rigoni. And it's just unfortunate that the ball is not falling in the back of the net for him. Some fans are saying that he's not good enough. They're saying that they're worried about him. They're saying that he's not a a 2.2 million player. That he's not a DP player. But I share the the idea or the thought of giving him just a just just give him a bit more time, bro. Because I think as soon as he gets one goal, the floodgates will open for this guy, bro. It's gonna it's gonna come one after the other after the other after the other. But right now, unfortunately, I mean, this guy is in a drought. I think if we get a penalty. If we get a penalty, just give it to Rigoni so he can, if he misses it, he misses it, but he has a higher chance to make it. And I think the percentage is 80% in favor for the player, 20% in favor for the goalkeeper. 
But if we get a penalty, just give it to uh, Rigoni so he can break this deadlock and we can move on from this. Because the sooner he gets a goal, the better for him. The longer this drought goes, I mean, fans are just going to pile on him like mosquitoes on somebody outside in Texas on June, July. Yep. Even the commentators were saying that last night about Rigoni. He's just like, once he breaks out, he's going to break out. Yeah. He might be yeah. right, man. Give him the penalty. Give him something bro just give him the penalty i mean i i, I freaking this point <laughs> the guy needs the help all right let's let's transition into the game this weekend you know big 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 texas showdown and you know down in houston uh do you know you may not be paying too much attention to how houston plays and their style but do you see any weaknesses that houston has been showing that austin can break down Man, so check this out. I've seen that Ache Ache has been has been better this season. Is that right? Yes, it is correct okay. for sure. He, okay, so that's really what I've been hearing. I mean, I know that Houston hasn't hasn't started the the best way, but in this league, the MLS, if you start, you know, two three games bad, you can always bounce back. This league is very long and it's very unpredictable. I guess you can say. And Houston last season, Ache Ache received a lot of criticism there was a video of him at like a club with the the with a group uh group of firme and he received criticism he was injured he was saying hey if you're making this amount of money should you be acting this way and i think maybe that affected achiache in x way because what the the things that i've been seeing about houston so far at the beginning of the season is the fact that achiache seems like he's starting to click i saw a, a couple stats on him i think maybe it was in match day two he had like uh i think he was in the top five for most passes completed or or tap or interception something like that but he was he, he was getting praise uh being in the top five of one of the categories so that's one thing that i've been watching if achiache is good for houston i think that can elevate their game 100 percent other than that, I mean, I just saw that they, you know, Houston just lost three nil to New England, and that's a little concerning. So, I mean, Houston, I mean, I don't want to say good luck, just like you told me earlier, bro. I don't want to <laughs> say good luck. So, I don't know what else yeah. I can say. It's it's all good. It's going to be a very interest, interesting game, and you know we do have some weaknesses right now. So hopefully Josh Wolf hasn't been paying too much attention to us either, so he can't figure it out until the game's halfway over. <laughs> so give us a chance. <laughs> oh yeah, and I mean you said it, it's a long season, and also uh, if you, it, despite you having like a poor start, like things can definitely improve like over the course of of a few weeks, and especially have like have like a lot of competitions in our schedule, and. Like even with like the, the poor start, well, I'll say start like and the, um like four weeks ago, I'll say poor start and Austin transitioning to like positive results in the past two games, and and yeah, essentially like for Austin, like what are your realistic expect aspirations or expectations after last season's superb finish? Like when it comes to like having a better finish in MLS or also like other competitions, like uh, making a, a much better Open Cup run or making a deep run in League Cup? That's a really good question, bro. And that's something that a lot of Austin FC fans are kind of battling through right now. It's like an internal battle. Uh, different people have different takes. So I'm going to give you mine, right? I'm not going to speak on the fans. I'm going to give you mine. Um, my expectations for Austin FC this season are nothing less than last season. You... I understand that some experts were saying that Austin FC overperformed last season, that we're not going to see this the same results this season because last season could have been a fluke. Drusi is not going to perform the same. 
I see why they would say that. I mean, it's very difficult to 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 maintain success like that in a league like the MLS when when things change so much. You know what I mean? It's 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 I don't really think that there's been a team in India, maybe like the 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 Philly Union, you know, that they go back to back to finals or now the LAFCs, but it's very difficult to maintain dominance in this league. Austin FC had, I guess, quote unquote dominance last season. Can they do it this season? I mean, we didn't drop from from the top four last season at all. That's going to be very difficult to do this season, especially when you add St. Louis into the mix. They're a really good team. I mean, they're they they won three off the spin, right? You you and you add them into the equation and things just get tough. Things things get harder. Rigoni, a player that isn't really clicking for us, and we need everybody to be clicking in order to get those points, to get those wins, to to climb to the top of the table. Right now we're in third or fourth position in the Western Conference. So that's a really good spot to be in. So for for the MLS, my expectations for the season is just keep it the same as last season and make sure to not miss playoffs. I mean, if we miss playoffs for one reason or another, it'll be a disaster. But I don't see that. I really don't see that, especially now they added one more slot. It's nine teams that make it now, right, with the new format. So I pretty think, much, I, yeah, right? I, I think I think it'll be very easy for us and FC to fit in that in that nine. But if we drop from top four, I'm gonna be concerned. I'll be like, hey, like we 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 did this last season. We should be able to um, carry it on. As for the other competitions, you know, we have Leagues Cup. Thankfully, that competition we're going to go into a pause. It's gonna be more like a World Cup style pause, and they're gonna go at it. That's gonna be really fun. Uh, I think that we got the one of the best groups. Um, we got Mazatlan, who is absolutely underwhelming to be nice i guess you could say we also have juarez who is in the same boat in the same position these guys i mean i think mazatlan picked up their first three points of the liga mx the other day versus cruz azul and it was an absolute shocker uh juarez who juarez they're not they're not all that they're also in the same boat and not worried about them but the fact of the matter is that we're going to go into a break and i think that there's money incentive for the leagues cup and some of those players are going to want that bonus you know some of those players are going to want that money going to want that going to want that win going to want that cup over mls size there's going to be a bit of a rivalry um element going into that but i think that we got a good group we got a safe group and uh, we still have to treat the game with respect we saw what happened on tuesday in uh dominican uh republic we didn't give them no respect at all and they punished us Liga MX sides, they can do that for to you. For as the as the Concacaf Champions League man, I expect a deep run. Hopefully, a deep run. I don't think that we were ever going to win the tournament. Maybe there was a slight chance, like a tiny, tiny, slight chance. But after what what, what we saw happen on Tuesday, it was really eye opening. Like, hey, we don't have a we 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 really don't have a B team, and if we don't have a strong B team, then it's going to be very difficult to win tournaments like that. Especially when you gotta when you gotta field. Uh, a, a team that doesn't have your full starters because you got to prioritize an MLS game or vice versa. You got to prioritize the MLS game. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the uh, uh, CCL game and send your B team to uh, uh, league play. And for the last tournament, bro, the Open Cup, that one is the one that's going to sneak up on us. You know, always forget that that one's there. We had an embarrassing display last season. We got it eliminated in the first round by San Antonio. Now, it's not a big that big of an embarrassment because San Antonio ended up being a really good side, a proper USL side. So big ups to them. Respect to them. I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm saying it was an embarrassment as an MLS side to go out to a lower division side. And that's going to always stick with us. So we got to go back to the to the open cup and get respect for our name back you know what i'm saying it was disrespectful what happened to us last season so this season we got to go in there and we got to say all right last season was last season 
but we got to give a better display this time around. That's it. So, so it sounds like from everything that we've just talked about tonight, the depth is going to be a is going to be a main concern for Austin and completing all these cups in the season and just trying to focus on everything that's going to that's continuing. So it's going to make Josh Wolf kind of decide, hey, what do we want to do here? Do we want to focus on MLS? We want to focus on CCL, Open Cup, even like that's it's going to be hard. It's a long season, thirty four games, all these other games. But you said, like you said, the League's Cup is at least they take a break, so that's not going to affect nobody. You play your two games, and if you advance, you advance and just work on work your way on through, man. So. Maybe I'll figure your depth out, but we'll you know we'll work on to the to, to the last question, man. And uh, you know the game Saturday, y'all are coming down to the orange oven, is what we're we're starting to call it now because we have <laughs> new Shell Energy. But that's a good one, a good orange one. oven. I, I like it, but however, the high is going to be sixty-one degrees, so it may drop into the low fifties for game time. So it's not going to be quite so hot. But you know what? You're, you're the voice of the fans and allow the fans to speak their minds. What, you know, speaking of the fans, what are y'all bringing to this game? Because, you know, we're here and it's going to be a large contingent. It's going to be real interesting. Kind of noise y'all bring. It's going to be real interesting. I got the schedule behind me right here. I don't know if you can see it on the feed, but I got the March schedule for us. It's very congested. And we got Houston right there coming up on uh, Saturday, 18th, right? And last night on the space, what we talked about was the team that we wanted to play in Houston because we just finished the game in Rasa Lake, high altitude. It's very difficult to play there. Uh, Mastroeni has a very difficult side. He's a, he's a pretty good coach, right? It's very difficult to get points from them, especially at home whenever you're Austin. I don't know if some other teams just smack ourselves, but they've been difficult for us, bro. Um, but the point that I'm trying to get to and the point that was, you know, really emphasized last night by a lot of the fans was the fact that some fans wanted to rotate in Houston because they want to go all out on Tuesday and other fans are saying like nah we cannot rotate against Houston because if we lose against Houston that's just a sign of like not necessarily weakness but it'll be disrespect to the club disrespect to the badge disrespect to the fan base it's a it's a derby it's a rivalry and Houston deserves um a a a team from Austin FC that will compete with them and will hopefully hand them an L. You know what I mean? Because we don't want a team like Houston to get three 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 points on us. Whenever you're just thinking footy, we don't want our in-state rivals to get three points on us. You know, you want to always be ahead of these derby opponents. You can say, but the fact of the matter is, is is things are getting really tough for us right now. Depth is a huge issue. Uh, we have a big game coming on Tuesday that's going to need 120% from the guys that are going to be playing. And then you go around on Saturday and you got Houston, a team that wants to beat you so bad. If Houston can give their fans a win over Austin, I mean, that's a huge morale boost for the team, for the fans, for the city itself. You know what I mean? So Austin is in a really difficult spot where we the the coach and his staff really have to think about who they're going to field in these two next games coming up because it's going to be a battle. You got an uphill battle against Violet at home. Luckily, you got that 12th man, which is your fans. But then you got to go to the orange oven, right? And those fans down there, they do not like the green and black. They're all orange. And it's going to be very difficult to play there with a B team, bro. Go ahead. Dude, it's going to be – it is going to be fun. And just kind of a final final points. Uh, you know, it two two road losses to start seasons for us. We've actually been on a bye, so that's a great thing. While y'all been playing 
fighting hard for three games in a row and then coming to Houston. So, you know, the depth's going to be, be in question. Uh, we, you know, we have a big tailgate that we're doing before the game. We're trying, we're trying our best to sell out this stadium or at least get it as full as possible. Uh, yeah. We know that y'all got two full sections over there and y'all are bringing a lot of people, a lot more than y'all did last season. So we know we're going to have to, we're going to have to bring it ourselves to, to drown y'all out so that our team can focus because their chemistry right now is not working real too well. I think the number that I heard, but real quick, was 500 fans from Austin, 500 traveling fans. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's more. I don't know if it's less, but it's going to be in that area. You know, Austin always travels well, especially when it's in in, in state. So um, I'm just really excited for the game. I'm very excited to to have fun. I went to the to the Houston Stadium last season when it was uh, PNC. Danny Pereira got a goal. Um, Brad Stuver got injured. Houston scored a banger goal. I mean, it was it was a really good game. Thankfully, we got the three points. But the the thing about this league, bro, the thing about a rivalry in this league is anything can happen. You know, you had mentioned Houston is not in the in the best form right now. You know, they didn't have the best start. Austin obviously had the better start. But depending on the team that we feel Houston, man. If they want to come at us, I think they can get a freaking result if we don't feel they sh- a strong enough team down there. I don't know. For sure. No, but yeah, and um, yeah, and that's that's just pretty good to know because like every time like me and Eric, we always go to uh, all the the games in Austin as well, and and it's it's the same. Like even though like the performance on, on the field lately, especially in Austin, has has not come on our side. Like we always have a good time there, and it's just. Uh, just just going back to what you said also about the the competition in, in MLS especially like it's it's just different and if the teams feel like it they can definitely get a result but but sometimes it does, doesn't go that way. No, but yeah, Hernan. Um, yeah, it's it was pretty good um, having you in and obviously answering these questions for us. Um, obviously, having a fan with with a, a perspective focus in Austin is pretty good to have. And and uh, yeah, do you want to say anything else before you head out? Yeah, man. Uh, I do want to say that. Uh, to the traveling fans going to Austin, you know, if you're listening to this, whenever this um, drops, make sure to just keep it respectful, 100%. And also from the Houston fans, hopefully we can keep it clean, 100%. I know that it's a rivalry and sometimes it can be it can get chippy. But, um, you know, let's just try to keep it fun. Let's keep it good for everybody. And it'll be a really good game. You know, we got to keep it fun like this. We got to have sure. communication between fans. You know what I mean? Just because you're Houston and I'm Austin doesn't mean that, hey, I don't like you. I'm not going to talk to you now. You got to have this form of like communication. So whenever these games come up, you can banter together, bro, and keep it keep it fun and uh, keep it healthy for everybody, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, in yeah, the I, end, yeah. it is just a friggin' game, right? In the end, it's just a game. <laughs> yeah. we, we 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 love our patch. We love we have our pride, and so do the players. But in the end, it's just it's just a game. So for ninety minutes, we hate you. For the rest of the time, you know you you cool, bro. But Facts. you know what? Tell tell us since since people are going to listen to this show here coming the next couple of days, what's going to happen on Thursday night that's kind of putting the two teams together. On uh on the okay yeah yeah so Thursday night we're gonna have a space 
coming out. Make sure to tune in Thursday night, 8 p.m. I think is what we're agreeing on right now. Where uh, contracts are still being uh, discussed. Agents are talking to agents. OSG's people talking to my people. We're still going back and forth. It's like a boxing contract almost, <laughs> right? But Thursday, we're going to have a uh, Twitter space. Y'all make sure to tune in. Details are going to come out. We're going to post some, some graphics probably coming on Monday uh, or maybe after Tuesday because people are going to be focused on that CCO game. But Thursday, y'all, you heard it here first. Twitter space coming. Houston versus Austin. Pre-game space. It's going to be fun. Uh, if you want to come drop some type of take, some prediction, more than welcome. And it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. For sure. Uh, th thank you, Hernan. Definitely, boys. Hey, Hernan, as always, man, appreciate you. Keep doing the work you're doing. Thanks, man. Respect. Say, hey, yeah. likewise, bro. Back and forth. Of course. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good talking to you, bro. Yes, sir. And we'll see you on the pitch, hopefully. All right, we'll bro. see you soon, y'all. Take Later. it easy, man. Yes, sir. H is up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>